Oh, we are dead. Dead man, Ruto, or Marute, however the hell you are. This, this is conjecture. This, this is conjecture. conjecture. Yes, and conjecture isn't helping. Oh, my conjecture isn't helping. Oh, okay, fine. Facts in. Fact A. My phone rang like eight times last night. Dead air, hangups every time. Second fact? Like three in the morning, I saw that black caddy of his cruising my neighborhood. No, no if headlights. If you wanted to kill us, you would have done it at the junkyard. What is that? Conjecture? Are you basing that on that he's got like a normal, healthy brain or something? Did you not see him beat a dude to death for like nothing? Hello and welcome to episode 58, Tell Me Where to Turn. A bit of a throwback episode, if you will, as we're we're back to the phones this week. No no in-person recording. This is the first time in a while we've had to do this. Yeah, circumstance has, has dictated we are not able to look each other square in the eyes for a solid hour like we normally do. Do you feel like we need to go into any explanation of what that circumstance is well, i guess before we get to that everyone's going to notice that there are only two voices heard this week uh, yes as as point break dave i believe is in the wind in the windy city right now that's right um contract negotiations started to head south for us and apparently there's a podcast in chicago that was real interested in bringing him in for a look do we uh I was thinking about this earlier today. If if his obligations don't require up there don't require him to be somewhere during the night, if he didn't make it to, I think the Cubs are in town right now. If he didn't make it to, Wrigley, oh, they're in town. He's a flawed guy. If he's not at Wrigley right now, no, he didn't, and he's caught a lot of grief from several people on that front because they were in town. No reason for him not to do it. And by the looks of it, he had plenty of time on his hands. What's he doing? Just eating pizza? I, well, yeah. He he. First thing he did when he got in town was went and ate pizza. I'm just gonna go go on record that 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 deep dish pizza that they have there, it's a little overrated. Ooh, a little overrated. You heard me, Chicago. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what I was alarmed by when I was there was went into one of those places and ordered the pizza and then they said, okay, well, you know, it'll be 45 minutes or something to cook it. Well, yeah, because it's like a foot thick. <laughs> yeah, and then they bring it out, and I'm like, oh, gosh, I could have like called Papa John's. They could have <laughs> brought it here. And if you know if the Rangers had a happen to have scored seven the night before, yeah, even they're, better. They're not giving out free deep dish pizzas. There's no, no, no chance whatsoever. What if the delivery market for those deep dishes is that even a thing? <sighs> Something that takes 45 minutes to cook. I don't think it could keep. If you had to get it somewhere, you know, in a half hour. And I feel like that's that's pretty dicey that you might... You probably can only go to the finest places for those. Because if you go to some low-rent, deep-dish place, and they don't... Like, the center's all cold. I mean, that's got to be the yeah. worst experience. That's true. Yeah, and speaking of, of dicey, how about just being a pizza delivery driver in Chicago... Well, I think that's a given. Yeah, I mean, they only have like, what, like 600 murders a year or a month or I'll probably a year. Save that segue for later. But uh, speaking of, uh, well, first oh, of all, yes. I guess I guess we should identify ourselves. So uh, I'm Glenn. You can reach me at, at always on Twitter at Glenn3 underscore 11. And I'm Tommy. At Tommy two underscore zero, and you can reach me over the phone anytime. If you have a phone and want to do a podcast, call me. Just figure out the number, and you're nine tenths of the way there. <laughs> and the the Twitter, I mean the show Twitter is at Where to Turn Pod. So, speaking of dicey, uh, we are on the phones tonight because each of our wives have left us at least for the moment to attend a a musical concert yes and i i was quite shocked to get this news yesterday one i wasn't clear that this person was still alive two 
definitely not clear that they were touring. And three, definitely not clear that my wife had a ticket to go to this. So well, she, <laughs> it's a pretty big shock all the way around the horn. She got a <laughs> she got a ticket because that's my ticket that I didn't really want to use. So oh, just interesting. Consider this one on. So you were going to go to this? Um, no. So the concert we're talking about is uh, Janet Jackson is playing at the AAC tonight. This concert, was, I, I really wasn't doing a bit. I, uh, I, I thought she might not be with us any longer. Well, not only is she alive, she just created new life recently at the age of like fifty-one. My goodness! This concert was originally supposed to take place in January of twenty sixteen, and i i bought okay. the, I bought the tickets in the summer of twenty fifteen, just kind of on a whim because my <laughs> my wife had just mentioned something recently about Janet Jackson and almost along the lines of what whatever happened to her wonder if she ever tours you know anymore and like literally first literally like a week first later <laughs> uh a week later i get you know like an email or something that she's going on tour <laughs> from janet no yeah janet jackson at gmail.com and uh i was like hey this just recently came up what a funny coincidence a good bit i'll just get a couple of tickets um, and I think initially I was actually considering just going with her, but then the tour and everything gets postponed cause she gets pregnant at the age of a thousand and it gets postponed just indefinitely. I, I was getting notices like every three or six months that the concert's still going to happen sometime. So, so keep your original tickets and all that. Did uh, you have the option to get your money back? Yeah, you could have. If you wanted it. Okay. Yeah. So you were, you were committed to this. You're like... Well, it may take two years, but she's going to come back. And it's local. It's not like it was, you know, off somewhere. It, it wasn't, you know, God forbid, like in Houston or something like that. Okay, too soon. And this and this wasn't like a festival like that. I mean, it's basically down the road. So not a big inconvenience to, to go to the AAC. But as it got rescheduled, it's closer to the date. I pretty much made it known, like, hey, why don't you... Uh, Go ahead and find somebody, you know, to go to go with you. It's no big deal. And the biggest selling selling point there is, you know, if I go, you figure by the time you need time to travel down there, go to the show to get back. I mean, you're in for at least five hours of babysitting fees. So if I go, it's like an extra fifty bucks we got to spend to have somebody watch the kids. So. Mm-hmm. So I figure I'm, I'm basically at a, it kind of evens out. Like I spent a ticket that I'm, or spent money on a ticket that I'm not using, but I'm also not spending $50 for, you know, a high school girl to look at her phone for four and a half hours in my house. So you were committed to just sending your wife by herself before you were going to go just on this babysitting stance you're taking? Um, I don't know if it would have gone that far because I just assumed that someone would want to use the ticket. Okay. But if it would have come to that, uh, as long as she felt safe going by herself, I would have let her go by herself. Now, why wouldn't she feel safe? Why don't you elaborate on that a little for me? I'm not sure I understand what you're talking about. I don't know. Maybe a female just alone in public at night is not the safest thing. She's not a but nin- if she was ninja. But if she was going to see, like, you know, I don't know, Elton John or vampire weekend you wouldn't be worried about her hey you never know if she was driving up spring creek and custer it, it wouldn't be safe these days oh boy yeah that was a tough deal there man so do you want to do want to get to that dateline well plano texas yeah dateline really close to my house yeah, I don't. I don't think we want to Google Map everything and give away your location, but yeah, let's just let's just say that uh, when they say something hits close to home, that hit real close to home. Yeah, like a a stray bullet could have reached you, type of thing. No, but normal day to day travel patterns may have been impacted by road closures due to that incident. It's. That is just insane and just horribly sad. Um, 
before I guess we get to that part, the one thing that I think we're finally not seeing emphasized so much in the headlines now that we're getting to, you know, the victims and who they were and all that kind of stuff is the emphasis at the beginning that it was a Cowboys watching party, which seemed like the most unnecessary part of the story that I could imagine. Well, and I feel like that they, the media in a attempt to get some kind of headline value to a story that there wasn't a lot of information leaked out about pretty much just looked at the clock and said, Oh, the Cowboys game was on and there was a lot of people at the house. They were having a Cowboys watching party. <sighs> Gotta be honest. The, the fact that a gunman just took down eight people is that's pretty much enough. I think to get yeah. 95% of the need, people interested. Don't think we need to know what was on TV at the time. No. So, and as it turns out, I believe that it was actually an Atlanta Falcons watching party in an odd detail. That that is true. Have you ever been invited to an Atlanta Falcons watching party that wasn't a Super Bowl? Mm, I can't say that I have. They did win Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Sports update. Um so did you read into this, the background of this guy and all that? I did. Um, in you know, it had all the uh, all the red flags you'd be looking for, including um, some pretty serious struggles with alcohol. Right. So I think we had it, struggles with alcohol, struggles with recent employment. Um. By the guy's own admission, he, I think he struggled as far as making friends and being, he was, I think, self-described as socially inept. And he had so, an so, anger so problem. Far, so far, you're describing Point Break Dave. <laughs> but I don't think Dave ha- has uh, noted anger problems, though. And I think this no, dude he does too. No, he doesn't. Or he had that as well, and, is what I mean. And... Got married young and married a woman that was five years younger than him, too, which is interesting. Whoa. He was 32. She was 27. Okay. But so, but she was only, I mean, she was still like 21 when they got married. Yeah. It's not like she was 17. No, but, you know, she's younger than he is. They get married. They're having financial struggles. He's got all these, you know, documented problems. You know, and add into the mix, apparently, access to firearms. Yeah, and I don't know how far we want to go down. Well, I don't want to have a gun control debate, no, but I no. do think I do think that um, from what I what I read, you know, that he showed you know he showed up with enough ammo to do exactly what he came there to do. This wasn't a uh, oh man, I've you know flipped out and started going crazy this this seemed a little more calculated than so of that i mean he he had he had a lot of uh a lot of rounds in that uh in that shotgun he was was wielding uh, okay so the answer is one question was what type of weapon was being used well and see here's the thing and this is where in where we, i hate to say this because we actually need point break dave on the show which i would never willfully admit but he actually is the show's resident gun expert and he could explain to me what it is but apparently the guy had a shotgun with what's called a drum magazine or something like that which basically enabled him to just have a lot lot more uh ammunition at the ready there okay and uh and again i have uh i have a source that's loosely plugged into the plano pd we'll leave it at that don't want to create any issues (laughs) But uh, apparently the guy was what was described to me as shooting people and then making sure they were dead. Oh, so I'm assuming no. that means shooting them and then shooting them again and again. And um, yeah, so this was a pretty this was a pretty brutal attack. You know, this wasn't wow. This wasn't anything. Yeah. And and the the person that I was talking to um, specifically about this was from the angle of this this Plano police officer, which I hope that the we'll get a little bit more of the story, but, I mean, pretty much incredible heroic actions on this guy's part. 
Yeah, he's going in there solo, not knowing who's yeah, in there. Yeah, I mean, he rolled... Apparently, he was in, you know, close by, rolls up. Here, you know, hears the gunfire and the screams. Goes around back, goes through the fence. Sees, I guess, through like a glass sliding patio door the guy inside and goes in and, and takes him down. And apparently the police officer was a combat veteran and, uh, and man, I mean, just absolutely just took care of business, which, you know, I don't, I don't know. There's a lot of people you could say would do that, you know, with, with that, with that much fire going on. Cause clearly standard protocol is wait for backup, assess the situation. And he, you know, he made the split second decision decision that, Hey, I could go in here and save some lives and, and, and wow, did it. And, and, you know, I, gosh, I, I, the balls on that guy, man, I, I can't even imagine. That's amazing. And I, and I haven't got the story. I mean, apparently there was other people there that didn't get shot, like that were at the gathering. So, you know, assuming that those lives were saved, at least one person that was hit, but didn't die, you know, clearly that was a saved life. So, worth worthwhile in the end but uh wow if that goes south you know we've got a whole different situation on our hands because the guy probably could have got away he not got away but no, could have at but, least got to a vehicle right for the moment because yeah because i mean the pretty much the only officer in close proximity was there so uh, if he were able to get free i mean can you imagine we have that kind of a situation you know the neighborhood's on lockdown we got a you know mass murder on the loose it could have been right Things could have gotten escalated pretty far out of control after that. So did you hear, because I've read different things. Um, did the guy show up and there was a brief argument, but it was pretty clear from the moment he walked in there what was going to happen? or Because I've also heard reports that people heard people yelling back and forth for like 20 minutes straight. Yeah, I don't know how long the argument was. I know that there was either in the front front or backyard or in the street or some, they were arguing outside because neighbors were saying they could hear people outside yelling and arguing a man and a woman. So, I mean, I'm sure this is, this is the situation of him not being a welcome person there and showing up and seeing a party going on at his house and them getting into it. And at some point he just completely snapped and lost it. Yeah. And Have he, you heard this anecdote about him going into a bar earlier in the day I've, with a gun? I've I've heard that. That's one of the other things of you read it and is it true or not that he went into the bar? Yeah, I, I don't know. And he's talking about you know just being uh, whether he was upset with her, or just upset in general, and it's pretty clear that he wasn't doing well. And he put like a gun and a knife up on the bar while he was there. Have you ever done that? <sighs> No, I've I've seen a movie where Colin Farrell and Ed Norton put the guns on the bar and got in a huge fight. <laughs> I don't remember what movie that was. It was pretty good, though. Yeah, I know. What movie was that? I've seen that movie, too. Yeah, I have to... We're at, tweet at Where to Turn Pod if you can help us out with that one. Yeah, there's your clues. Those two actors, and they put some guns up on the bars and fought each other. So, so do, does stuff like that make you nervous in general just as far as the you know the amount of people that you're friends with and that you know and you don't you don't really know domestic situations of all your friends or people you might be hanging out with i mean does does that make you stop and think like man i wonder well yeah i wonder if i'd ever end up in a spot like that just thinking you're going to hang out and watch a game and yeah well i mean you, you could run into situations where you have no idea but um the wife and I have talked about this before and talked about it even more after this incident that if we ever had acquaintances, friends, or whatever that, say, split up and it was not on good terms and there was some animosity there, that we would definitely have some hesitations, especially if it involved like one of us taking our, like if the kids were friends or something like that. And mm. taking the kids over there, whether we were over there too, or just like dropping the kids off or something like that, that we would definitely have hesitation in doing that. And I don't, I, I think we all have some acquaintances or family members that, you know, separation or divorce is a player. And those things oh, yeah. typically go one way or the other. It's usually just a very clean break or it's 
terrible. There's rarely very much in between there. Um, I mean, you, you and I, I mean, we know we have mutual friends that have gone through divorces. I mean, one that we joke about frequently on this particular show. <laughs> well, yeah. And, but it also depends on the personalities of the people involved too. Like this dude apparently always had a short temper and he just couldn't deal with the the reality that it basically fell in on him is what it sounds like. And I think he resented the fact that she could move on and just live the rest of her life and just go on to the next phase. And he was stuck where he yeah, was at. But I would so. like to say to that guy, watching one Falcons game with some friends is not completely moving on with the rest of your life. So you might need to just tap the brakes a little bit before you just blow a gasket on that. So we, we're not going to go down the road of, guns and all that although no i mean i will tell you one thing that that happened to me and this is a this is a long time ago this was at my very very first job right out of college so this was many many years ago i had um my boss at the time and this was a really small company it's funny to even think about this now because you and i both work for really large organizations that have hr policies about everything but the boss grabbed me and another guy after work and said, um, hey, I'm kind of going, or it wasn't, I don't think it was my boss. I think it was her sister, but but basically was going through like a kind of a messy divorce and she needed to go meet the ex-husband somewhere to get a check because he, he owed her money. And she was nervous about going by herself. And our boss asked me and another guy, Hey, if I gave you each a hundred bucks, would you ride out there with, you know, my sister so she can get this check? And I'm like, what, I mean, are we supposed to go fight the guy? You know, like, (laughs) what do you think we're going to do? No, no. She just wants some people with her because she just doesn't feel comfortable doing it alone. Well, I think if you have that scenario, you want to have at least two, two other people, let's just say men, accompany her because if you have one then the dude might think well who is this guy is this your new you know whatever exactly and i think that's probably why she asked both of us but uh i i actually just said you know no i'm not doing that i can't get involved in that i there that's that was really uncomfortable with that i mean talk about walking into a situation you have no idea right wow there's no way that was happening so i did read something this week about this whole story and we mentioned that we don't want to go down the whole road of guns and alcohol and the combination of all well, that. Which hadn't, stopped, which hadn't stopped most of the local columnists from going down. No. But anyways. But this was something actually, a local column that I read that did steer clear of that and more focused on just as a society that we, we, we entitle people or we treat anger and rage as like an entitlement when... Mm-hmm. When like uncontrolled anger and rage, whether it's in person, whether it's online or what have you, like should be an absolute embarrassment. Like this guy, he obviously, well, I mean, now after what's happened, obviously he had negative feelings towards his ex-wife. But even before this happened, he did that he expressed verbally to people. He would post stuff, you know, social media wise about his ex-wife and he posted something about like if your ex-wife is choking on something and it was like a meme or something like you're given the Heimlich but then the guy just like slams her on the ground or whatever and the responses were like ooh sounds like somebody's bitter lol when I think oh, your gosh. I think your response should be whether it's you know where everybody can see it or like you reach out to the dude like that's not cool or hey man are you doing okay like instead of just because I think when somebody posts something like that and they see wow it looks like you're bitter but people think it's funny or entertaining that obviously encourages them, you know to do to do more of that, right? So that I was reading about that and that just stuck out because I think yeah because it's not really applicable to broad brush a large part of the population that own like a ton of guns and have anger issues. And drink a lot. I mean, that's a very small part of the population. But I, I think, mean, not as small as you think. I don't know. Well, but I think it's a much larger part of the population that just maybe have the anger issues or yeah, people you know 
enable them to, or, you know, they almost like they support them expressing that. I mean, you look at anything, social media online, and I have to resist seeing things on Twitter and like getting into any Twitter back and forth with people because it never accomplishes anything. It's just two people that don't know each other just yelling back and forth. But like like, you and Jeff Floyd. (laughs) Yeah, but that was, that was more of a bit on my part. Like I wasn't really... (laughs) Angry. Only one of the two of you is actually mad. Yeah. So that makes it five then. So, oh, man, that's just the worst. It's just a terrible story. And then the fact yeah. that, um, God, the extra details you provided here to me, even more disturbing, but like reading yeah. the, the list of victims, like that he knew one or two of the guys who were in his wedding. Like, one of them yes, was his best like man. Best man in his wedding, I know. Definitely makes it sound like they all sided with the wife, if you know what I mean. I, I feel like that. And if there were people that got out of there, and I know there was one person that was still in the hospital that I think got shot in the jaw or something like that. I mean, if they... We're going to hear the story of of how it all played out, but... right. Yeah, that's what I would imagine, too, that he showed up, they were going back and forth, and probably other people, maybe not everybody, but maybe the people that knew him were probably like, man, you just need to go, or whatever, and then he realized, and obviously he just snapped, and maybe he would have just directed it at her, but then after everyone turned against him, then everybody had to go. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Just the height of sorriness. No doubt. <sighs> you want to hear a funny story? Yeah, let's 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 talk about something really funny. That's Actually, a great I, idea. I don't know how funny this is. Oh boy! To the population, it was just entertaining already, to me. Already underselling it. So when I left our normal recording facilities last week, it was last. Uh, Last Thursday, and it was around probably yeah. 11-ish, I would say. Yeah. And I was yeah. driving home, knowing that I planned to go to the gym the next morning. So, you know, 5.30's on the alarm. So I'm thinking, man, it's the end of the week. I'm already feeling a little bit run down. That, that 5.30's going to hit pretty early. So I might need to stop and get a little get a little juice for the morning, if you will. little NO2 explode. So I stop into a local Exxon and see that the Monster Energies are two for $4, and I'm like, I think I'll well, grab a couple of these. So as I walk in, there's the guy who's running the you know the counter, and there's a lady in there of probably, I don't know, around my age, give or take a few years on either side, who has, I'd say, a bit of a case of meth face. I'm not saying she's an addict, but she looked like she was a meth addict. Okay, so you're not saying you're not saying that though. You don't mean any offense, not officially. But, yeah. Um. So I walk in, kind of just you know, hey, what's up to him? And then I kind of look at her, and I'm I'm taken aback a little bit by all the meth face. But then I just you know, I said hi. The dude uh, working the counter asked, you know, how's it going? Uh, we're all good. And as I was walking in, I noticed that. I mean, we're we were a week past the so-called gas shortage, but they still had all the pumps like you know closed and they're wrapped with tape or whatever to keep people from pulling up next to them and using them. So, I was so like, not a lot going on at this gas station if they're completely out of gas. No, and then that was that was my point <laughs> that I was getting at here. So I asked the guy, I was like, or you know, I was like, uh, wow, you guys still don't have any gas yet here? And he's like, no. He's like, it's been almost a week, and it might be another another week. And I was like, wow, man, that really sucks like that. What a spare Exxon. And obviously my angle here is just that, yeah, nobody's coming in here uh, if there's no gas. And I don't know what stake in the game guy working behind the counter has, but I figure he probably wants some human interaction other than <laughs> an extra from Breaking well, Bad. So you may not know what stake in the game he has, but I could – tell you with great confidence he ain't getting a percentage of each gallon of gas they're selling so i'm sure he doesn't care either way i figure he's just bored more you know more than anything else but it's also just making conversation so i mentioned that that sucks they don't have gas and then this lady pipes up with huh i've never heard anybody 
who feel sorry for the gas and oil companies. I kind of looked at her curiously, and I was like, uh... And then by this time, I'm walking back to the counter. And I kind of oh look boy. over, and I'm like, so is, that oh what, so is that what I said? And she was like, well, that's kind of what I interpreted out of it. Uh, that's maybe she did interpreted is a big word probably. For, yeah. For I was going to say, yeah, maybe she said, well, that's what I got out of it. And I was like, are you a licensed psychologist? Okay. What are you doing? And then, you know, what are you doing? <laughs> just, just move on. Do not need to engage meth face. So, you know, when you say something to somebody and they don't really change any expression, but you can tell by like the color in their face, how they feel. No, because I don't ever say stuff to people like that to make them feel that way. She, sir, be- she became angered pretty quickly, and I could. T- so she got hot. Basically. Yeah, she definitely did, and she started chugging her Arizona iced tea with lots of fury. So then I carried on some more conversation as I paid for my Monster Energies, and um, the whole time she's just glaring at me. Like, I kind of glance over there once. Do we establish what she's doing in there if she's already bought her iced tea? I have no idea. And I wanted wanted to ask her one of two things at that point. Why are you in here? And then obviously just reissue if the sun is hot, why is space cold? Well, that's a fair question. That's what I should have You still need an answer on that. I know. Um, But no, we completed the transaction. And then... (laughs) So I say bye... you know, to the guys working the counter. And then as I'm walking out, I just kind of turn and look at her and then just turn back around and walk out. And that's at the point I'm thinking, you know what? Usually meth heads, I think, travel in twos. There's probably some dude out here in like a Ford Ranger yes. who's about you to get the watch signal. Out. And uh, I'm going to get stabbed. So I got in my Those truck. Those meth have nothing to lose. Yeah. They have nothing. They don't care about anything. I got in my truck. Meth. And, uh... Got the F out of there as, as quickly. <laughs> what are you doing, as man? As possible. What are you doing? I don't know. Haven't I taught you any better than to never talk to anybody in public? No, I. I was just so taken aback at my just offhand, just making conversation statement that she interpreted as some. I was in favor of big oil for some reason. Well, I mean, hey, you can be in favor of big oil. I, I'd support you in that. Yeah, I should have asked her, what are we going to do without oil, huh? How are you going to make all your meth? I don't I don't think oil's in meth, but... Well, I mean, you got to have petroleum products to power generators or whatever they use in the production process. So, yeah, I mean, they need gas to make meth. That may be why she was there. See, there you go. All right. Um, didn't you have something else? Oh, I, well, this is... This is silly, but nah, don't. Pretty, you're already underselling it. Oh, I got I got a. Speaking of getting hot under the collar, so my oldest is playing. He played t-ball for a couple of seasons. This is his first season in coach pitch. Okay. And uh, and they they really ratchet up the intensity with the coach pitch. They 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 now uh, keep score and they've got umpires and. And there's actually the other teams trying to win the game. So I, uh, you know, I'm just a, I'm loosely involved with the team. Well, the head coach calls, we have our first game last week, and the head coach calls like two days before and says, oh, by the way, I'm going to be out of town for the entire week. So do you mind being the coach? Oh, wow. For the first game. Yeah. Well, the first you know, game, I've, the very first game ever that this team's played. And you, you know, I've fancied myself as a baseball expert. Well, obviously. Daily fantasy, at least, baseball. Well, he's already put the lineup together for me, so that takes one bit of coaching out of the way. He emails it to me. And really, the only uh, the only rules they have um, that are different than just your standard baseball team is one is that within the first three innings, every kid has to play an infield position, so... That's yeah. a lot to manage. Yeah, but he'd already managed that, so he had you, sent me a... So, in between innings, do you have to go out to the umpire and advise him all the double switches so they can 
adjust the lineups accordingly and all that. You actually have to. Um, you, you joke, but you have to give the umpire a, a sheet showing the player rotation for the first three innings, so they can verify that. That's oh, what you're doing. okay. I mean, that's not bad. When we used to coach yeah. basketball through the church league, where you don't just substitute by, "Hey, it's time for you to go in the game." There has to be like a certain whatever rotation to it. There's a book that you had to you had to show for that, just to make sure you weren't cheating and. The one kid who's six feet tall in the sixth grade is just playing every single quarter. Yeah, yeah, no, they they've put in some safeguards to that. I I know when I was a kid when I played, they didn't have those rules. I never saw the infield, buddy. The only time I saw the infield was when I was running on and off the field. And that was to my a better station day. In, in in right field or left field. Yeah, it was a much better day. You you earned that spot in the infield. You didn't just go to the coach and say, "Hey, I want to play shortstop." Okay. We'll get you out there next inning, no problem. So the other rules that are that differ is obviously they're they're six year olds, so they're they're not making real intelligent plays with the ball. So you're only allowed to take one extra base on any kind of throwing error. That's a good rule. So if so basically if they if you throw the ball, there everybody's gets one extra base because nobody's catching anything you're throwing. And then the final rule, which is another one that was certainly not in place when I played uh, coach pitch. If the pitcher, not the coach pitcher, but the kid playing the pitcher position fields the ball, the only way he can record an out is by throwing it to somebody. Okay. So again, you can't, you can't, you can't put Usain Bolt as the pitcher <laughs> and then he picks it up and tags every kid. And believe me, we've got a couple of Usain Bolt starter kits on our team that could outrun, probably outrun me right now. So, so that, those that's the basic basic rules. We get to the game, we find out we're home team. So this team starts batting, and they are running all over us. I mean, if the kid puts the bat in the ball, oh, and that's the other thing: if the ball doesn't leave the infield from the hit, they have to stop at second. Okay. So every one of their hits is a double. I mean, they're hitting little dribblers that are right to a kid. It's a double. I mean, they're just running through, and their coach is sending them. And then if if he stops at second and one of our kids mistakenly tries to throw it, he's going to third. And they are just giving us a steady diet of this, the whole, the whole first inning. And, uh, and yes, uh, the five-run cap is in play. Okay. So they score five runs. We come up, we score five runs. So you, you see where this is going. It's like tennis. You know, it's like break and serve. If you can, if you can stop a five-run inning from happening, you're going to win the game. Well, lo and behold, the next inning, I put out the uh, second inning lineup. We make three outs, and they only have one run across. And you're, you're staring so now, across the field, kind of yeah. telling them so what's up. So now here we are in the second inning, and I've already said, well, we've won the game. It's The game is now over. We have won the game. Game holds true to form all the way to the end, and they play the games at an hour and 20 minutes, which is insane. The T-ball games were 40 minutes. An hour and 20? Adult yeah. softball is like 55. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm about to die. Well, here's another funny thing. We get to the fifth inning in this game, which is uncharted territory. We've never in a t-ball game been past the second inning. So when we get to the fifth inning, I realize my little sheet the coach gave me, it doesn't have any more positions on it. Because <laughs> nobody, nobody in their pre-planned mind thought we were going to get there. So I go, okay, we're going back to the first inning lineup. We're just going to roll back to the to the start. Makes perfect sense. Well, it made perfect sense to everybody except the uh, kid's mom who is in the dugout within one minute of me sending the team out to the field for the fourth inning. In the dugout. Why is my son sitting twice? And I'm like, look, lady, if oh, we're going to keep on. playing more than... Is that how it started? Yeah. Look, lady... Oh no! I didn't say look. Lady. Oh, okay. I just said I said look. I've got three inning rotation on the sheet. When we get to the fourth inning, we're starting over again. And then told her to leave the dugout. Yeah. No, that's. I think yeah. you're perfectly fine there. Gosh, these parents. Well, so, I, th- I think I've covered when uh, when I played football, basketball, baseball. For, for the most part, my dad, and my uncle coached our teams, and we would have these situations. And my dad would also always have the same message, not during the game, but like after the game, especially if, if a mom or dad came back and why didn't they play here, why didn't they play there, he would explain to them. And then if they didn't like it, he would advise them, there are like six or seven other teams in the league. 
if you think he'd get more play time there, the commissioner's name is whatever, you know, John Johnson. Contact him. We'll get him on that other team. But he, this is how it's going to be on this team. And Man, I would have, if I'd have been the real coach, I would have probably said something along those lines. It helps when you're like 6'5 and 230. You can get away with that a little easier, I think. Oh, yeah, this this lady had me outweighed by at least 70 pounds, but I mean no offense. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. She was pushing three bills. So this is how the game, this is how the game ends. We are the home team. We are entering the bottom of the fifth inning, and there is seven minutes left on the clock. We have, we have scored five runs every time we've batted, and they have scored five runs every time they batted, except the one inning where we held them to one run. So... We are winning the game. By four. All, all we have to do is bat for seven minutes or put up five runs, and the game is over. So, Oh, okay, I got you. I got you. There are two kids on our team that really can't hit, and, and you can strike out in this game. You get eight pitches. You can swing at all eight, but after eight pitches, you're done no matter what. You get eight pitches, and you're done. So there's two kids that this is a real problem with that can't hit the ball. Well, one of them leads off the inning, and we have one out. Then we have our first base coach trying to emulate their first base coach and just sends a kid through while the second baseman has the ball, and he runs right into a tag, and now there's two outs. Still okay. There's four minutes left in the clock. We uh, get a couple hits. We play to run. Everything's fine. Now there's one minute left in the clock. Well, actually, there's about a minute 30 left in the clock, and we've got a kid coming up that can't hit, the other kid that can't hit. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, all I have to do is somehow in eight pitches – I'm pitching, by the way – get the kid to put the bat on the ball right? and get it in play, and we win the game, and it's over. So he's a, he's a lefty. We get up to pitch seven, and, I mean, he, he just kind of sticks his bat out there every time, and I hit the bat with the ball. And he hits, a, he hits a little dribbler down the first baseline. Well, their pitcher runs, grabs the ball, and tags the kid out, which you can't do. Yeah, you can't do that. That was clearly our covered hang, earlier in the podcast. Our kid hangs his head, starts walking to the dugout. Their kid starts running back to their dugout. Oh. Their dugout screaming at their kid, throw the ball to first. Right. And our dugout screaming at our kid, run, run to, to first. first. He, he finally, you know, after a minute, hears us screaming, run to first. Well, th- by this time, the kid, the pitcher for their team has not only tagged him out, he's now run and touched first base, which he also can't do. He has to throw it to first base. <laughs> and our kid finally jogs down to first base and stops in the bag. So I'm thinking, great, we've won the game. The ump goes, he's out. And I go, whoa, 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 whoa. In my nicest, you know, hey, I mean, no offense. Look, but, lady. Uh, he, yeah, look, pal. He's got to throw the ball to first. He goes, oh, no, no, he's out because he left the baseline. We're enforcing like, baselines. And I'm like, okay, we are playing first game of the bunch of kids that have played T-ball, which just, you know, six months ago were running to third base when they hit it, and some, you know, dad would turn him around and point him towards first base, and now you're going to tell me he took, you know, five or six steps towards the dugout when he thought he was out. And Man. you even said out – because you forgot the rule for a second. These are all and now good you're points. Gonna, and now with, with a minute left in the clock, or 30 seconds left in the clock, the other team's warming up. You're going you're gonna to put everything behind schedule for the rest of the day so you can call a, a, a six-year-old out of the baseline. And that's what they did. So you can, you can imagine where it goes from here. We play another inning, they score five, and then they turn three outs before we can put five up and we lose the game by one run. And we are now 0-1 so because did you, of that call. Did you make all those points to the umpire? No. I'm oh. Man, listen. my your, your dad had his approach for how he handled parents. My, my, my goal out there was I am not going to be an a-hole. And it, it's hard, believe me. Your it's goal hard. is uh, there, there's like a 305 Brewers-Pirates game on you're trying to get home to. Well... There were some NFL games that I had some money on that I really. Oh, this is on Sunday. This is Sunday. This is about one o'clock Sunday, and I I definitely wanted to get back for the three o'clock kicks. You think you'll ever get thrown out of one of these games for you? No, I won't. But I guarantee you, I guarantee you, there will be people thrown out this year just by what I saw in the first game. Here's something not to do. If you ever get in one a confrontation with one of them, somehow reference that they're not they're. 
you know, umpiring, refereeing performance is not earning the very low wage per hour they're being paid and reference yeah, a number this, the, that is the not six dollars a game they're getting. That usually ends up with you being asked to leave the gym and or field. But it is fun. Are you speaking from experience here, Glenn? Uh yeah. I've been I've been thrown out of a few basketball games before. A few? Yeah. Interesting. One or two was just on purpose. It was, I just had enough, and I was like, I'm getting out of here. But, yeah, probably I can think of two or three offhand that I was I was asked to leave the gym. <laughs> I could safely say I've never been I've never been kicked out of a sporting event, and I was almost kicked out of a racetrack once. And probably deserved it. I, I smarted off about as bad as me, your meth face comment to the track <laughs> owner. And I was never kicked out of a casino. It was just suggested it would be best if I if I left. <laughs> it would be best if you left. All right, let's get to uh, let's get to the daily fantasy sports part of the podcast. Yes, let's let's transition to the. By the way, are you are you enjoying this riveting? 10-9 Thursday night special we got going here. All I've seen I actually haven't seen any of the any of the game. I'm boycotting this is my NFL boycott is just for tonight. But I did see that Deshaun Watson had like a fifty yard run. Yeah, that was the only remotely exciting thing that's happened in this entire game. Yeah. So so last week um we shared a lineup for everybody and that lineup did it did okay. I think we scored about 120 points. We're probably, if you played that in like a 50... Made money in probably most of what you would have played, right? If you're in a 50-50, if you're looking to finish in the top 40 or 50%, it made money. If you're in a tournament where you got to finish in the top 25%, you're probably just on the, the other side of cash. But we did okay. Huge swing and a miss on the Houston Texans. Yeah, I actually... Uh in an, in another t- form of gambling not called daily fantasy sports did quite well uh on Houston futility. Yeah. I mean same lineup we gave out last week just switch the Texans to the Jaguars or the Rams defense and you would cash any contest that you entered. You know, yeah. except for like a winner take all type format. So hopefully those that decided to play it that it didn't completely go uh belly up. So I'm gonna share. So I had a pretty good. I had a pretty good little run last weekend myself. Oh yeah, that's right. But you, yeah, I, played a lot of the uh, that KC New England game, right? Yeah. Well, I did that and made a little bit of money, and then I had another one that I actually played straight and uh, that went off for 173.14 points. Very nice. Which. To put that in context, and I mean this sounds closer than it actually is, but the the lineup that actually won the contest that paid a million dollars for first place was only a hundred and ninety-eight. Yeah. So I mean I was, you know, within a couple of decisions uh, of being there. And in fact, I I found where they posted that lineup and and believe it or not, I mean I had let's see, one, two, three, four, five of the same players the million dollar lineup had in my lineup. So I, I hit on a lot of the uh, I hit on a, a lot of the big the big hits. Uh, the mistake I made was I had one wide receiver basically do nothing, and that was Torrey Smith. That was a miscalculation. Yeah, that's a tough one. But uh, I did have the Rams defense twenty eight points, which yeah. is extremely abnormal for a defense to score that many. There was defensive touchdowns involved, and uh, just a complete shutdown of the the um, Colts. Um. So- also kind of ha- had some of the the big uh, – I had Antonio Brown, who I know you did too, went went nuts. Zeke had a really good day. Gurley had a really good day. Well, the thing, All came together. It, it, was a, it was a weird week because the best thing you could have done is just completely fade Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson. Just have yeah. none of each. and But that's and, probably part of the reason why – these lineups did so good is so many people wasted so much money on those guys with it for them to just completely lay an egg opens the field up big time. If you don't have, yeah, I mean, I did even after we gave the speech of, you know, don't go like all in, don't go crazy. 
I did the the max twenty lineups in the <laughs> in the big tournament, and I'll tell you that I had one lineup that had Le'Veon Bell in it. So I basically faded him, but I I had more than a handful. I think that I had David Johnson. What I wished I would have done, and I thought it was such a lock. I wish I would have. I wish I would have done this, but I wish I would have just started every lineup with putting Antonio Brown in and just build. Oh, can you imagine? This build is just a free thirty. That. Free 32 points to yeah. start, and then you go from there. So, yeah, I think... No, I... Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I, I ended up making several hundred dollars, dangerously close to really breaking it open, but not quite there. But the, the coolest thing that I did is I... And I, sh- I sent you this, and you said you hadn't even seen this contest. There was one that was a $4 uh, contest, and if you finished in the top 300, you won 100 bucks. It was It was a... Uh, it was just a flat payout for the top 300 entries for a $4 buy-in to win 100 bucks and I uh, I placed myself firmly in the uh, in the cash in that which was pretty cool. I did not come out ahead you know in the triple figures but I think I was up about 60 bucks or so. So it was a good first week. You know, not a bad, yeah, not yeah. a bad start. If I throw some money out there and you know come out with almost nothing this week, I'm pretty much even, you know, for the season through two weeks. So, um, so I put together this lineup. Now I want everyone okay. to keep in mind, I put together this lineup during the course of when we were talking about like the Plano shooting and stuff. Oh, okay. So you were doing a lot of you did a lot of research then. I did tons of research. But actually, the main thing I looked at earlier today in about two and a half minutes was just the over-unders. And there are two games that definitely stand out above the rest. So you've got New England at New Orleans, which I think the over-under is like 56. And Green Bay and Atlanta is 53. And both those games are played at the, uh, well, I guess the new Atlanta and then in the the Superdome. In the the Superdome. Superdome. And we all remember the Drew Brees theory from last week when he's on the road. No, and that was a great theory. That was a theory that uh, that that uh, did me well. You just, I mean, you always see Brees. You always see Brees sitting out there, and you think, man. And then you look where they're playing, and I took took the advice to heart. So there you go, because he was not very good on Monday night outside of a garbage time touchdown late in the fourth quarter. So, but he's at home this week. So we're starting this line out lineup out with Drew Brees at quarterback. Okay. And we're focusing primarily on that Patriots Saints game and the Falcons Packers game. So we got Drew Brees at quarterback. Our running backs are Mike Gillisley from the Patriots. And as a cheap option, the third down running back Alvin Kamara of the Saints. Oh my gosh. Now, if you everybody go back and watch, you don't think the you don't think the Saints are going to be ready for a little AP this time. I don't. I don't think you're going to get a heavy dose of AP. You might just get, you know, just a just a tip, just a tip okay. of the iceberg of AP. Just, yeah, just just that, just a little bit of AP. So, and what I'm looking for here is uh, a couple options I can pair with Breeze that aren't too pricey. So okay. Kamara's going to get some catches. I mean, he's going to get a few carries probably during the game. Um, but you know he's going to get four, five, six, just dump off or wheel route type uh, type uh, opportunities. So we got those two guys in the back the backfield. Now receiver will go Randall Cobb of the Packers at a very solid week one. Uh, we'll go with a very boomer bust guy in Ted Ginn Jr. For the Saints. Mm. Okay. Uh, we're going to gently slide in Chris Hogan for the Patriots. Now, keep in mind that Danny Amendola went is, off. Yeah, is down. Yeah. But he's got concussion head, and he's got a history yeah. of concussion, so he, who knows when he's going to be back. So we're throwing Hogan yeah, in there. Okay. Um, tied in. I think you got to play Gronkowski. I don't – he didn't look great last week, though. He looked like an old man all of a sudden. He I don't didn't, know. But he's, he was being covered by Eric Berry, who are, arguably is the best safety in the league. Not now, because he blew out his Achilles, but he was going up <laughs> against the best. And the Saints could not stop Sam Bradford and Kyle Rudolph on Monday night. So 
I can't imagine they can stop Brady and Gronk. Okay. All right, so you got Gronkowski at tight end. We're going to throw out Ty Montgomery in the flex, the Packers running right. back slash wide receiver. Now, here's here's what I did on this one. My defense, I threw the, the Seahawks in there. They're at home. They're obviously really tough at home. They're playing the 49ers at home. Oh, yeah. 49ers are terrible. So here's what you can do, though. You can take this lineup. If you're looking at this and you're like, man, you got Gronkowski in there. I got to pair Brady with Gronkowski. I totally get it. So the other thing you really have to do, Brady's a little more expensive than Breeze. Put Brady in there for Breeze and drop the Seahawks down to the Raiders who are playing at home against the Jets. Which should be fine. It should be fine. I think... That's what I took in my Survivor League, so that better be fine. Oh, I mean, they're going to win the game, but the, the ceiling as far as what a, a def, what the Seahawks can put up points-wise is, I think, higher, if not much higher, than what the Raiders will do. But but the floor is not real low for, for Oakland. I mean, they're not going to pull yeah. the Texans and give you zero points uh, you know, for the week. You're going to get a solid you know, eight, nine, ten points at least out of them because they're going to get some sacks. They'll probably be a fumble or so. And they're not going to give up a lot of points. The Jets, they're not scoring 20 points, I don't think, on anybody. So there yeah. you go. So that is the very in-episode panic lineup. I will, uh, I'll put this one on, the, on my Twitter uh, feed tomorrow just for Excellent. people to reference. And if you want to use it, fine. I will probably mess with this a little bit. I might play this one. I might tweak it just uh, just somewhat after I do some more of the research online. But um, man, at this point, I go. think we, you got to follow the rule of once you throw it out there, you can't tweak it because you know it's if you do, it'll come in exactly like you said it originally. That's a good point. Yeah, why not? I did that last week. I'll just leave it. I'll just leave it as is. If I tweak it, it'll, I'll just have. I'll make it a separate lineup. So, um. The only last thing I wanted to mention is it's been like a month since since we mentioned me watching The Wire. Oh, yes. Yeah, so I'm I'm still watching it, but I'm still in season 2. So how are we going to Okay. We're going to do this. So how gonna, how are the how are the Sabakas doing? Uh man, I really got to loop back and catch up cuz it's been a while oh, since boy. I watched one. Oh boy. Yeah, like uh, 2 or 3 weeks. So what we're going to do is when I finish each season, we'll loop back and cover the season but that's i got caught up in game of thrones stuff and now the wife is wanting to watch it so we're starting to rewatch that so i'm having to invent some time to fit the wire in but we'll we'll get it done i'll try to get some progress uh maybe between this time and next week on that please do because uh i'd love to talk about it and i was actually thinking about the wire tonight my uh baby her Favorite, absolute favorite thing for me to sing to her before bed is Farmer in the Dell, which is what uh, Omar whistles. Right. And I was just thinking about uh, thinking about Omar tonight while I was rocking her to bed, which, Man. you know, that's got to be a healthy thing to do, right? Uh, yeah, I see nothing wrong with that. Seems like a fine, upstanding citizen. Yeah. So with, so with that... Um, I guess we'll be back. Hopefully, we'll get Dave back safely from uh, Chicago. Hopefully, he's not another statistic. And uh, I've got an interesting topic I want to throw out there next week. Got several people that we know now that are dealing with sudden, unexpected job loss. Oh, oh no! Would would love to have some job loss talk, and then also some hypotheticals around. What were to happen if you were just to walk in tomorrow and they were like, "Yep, sorry, we're wow. done." Yeah. And what you would do, what you would do immediately, what you would do short term, long term, and uh, how much golf you'd play, or would you <laughs> be so worried about the future you wouldn't be able to play any? You know, I think I think there's a lot of ways you could go with it. I'm I really want to spend some serious time, but I wanted Dave to be here for that because. Um, Dave, I think Dave, more than probably you or I, has actually had to do this before. So yeah, actually gone through it. Dave has actually, yes, has walked into a job where he thought everything was fine and had the rug pulled out from under him wow. with no warning. Okay, we'll save that for next week. We also have, I think, some emails from going back a couple weeks or so that we haven't gotten to. 
So if Excellent. anyone else wants to send emails, um, you've got the topic for next week. So if you've got anything related to that, uh, send it. We will yeah. al- read almost anything. Uh, just send them to where to turn pod at gmail.com and we will talk to everybody next week. Hey, yo, lesson here, babe. You come at the king, you best not miss.